Welcome to the Small Business Buzz. I'm your host, attorney and entrepreneur, Kimberly Hanlon. Today, I'm revealing my new podcast format, and I'm letting you know how you can participate. And we have Eric Olson, the founder of Pedal Pub, here to talk about his experience establishing Pedal Pub and growing its U.S. distribution, and why he chose to license the famous party bikes instead of franchising them. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Okay, let's get to it. Astute listeners of the Small Business Buzz have probably noticed that I've had a bit of a hiatus from doing the podcast. And while I've had this hiatus, I really thought about what it was that I loved doing most about my podcast and really thinking about how could I up my game. One of the things I love about being an attorney is being able to really help people and make a difference with something that's important to them. And it's so much more fulfilling to actually help somebody who has a real need rather than just putting information out that may or may not be helpful for people. And so I'm changing the format of the podcast. And so now here's how it's going to go. All of you out there are invited to email me your burning questions. It, of course, could be something legal. It could be something about strategy. It could be about business operations. Really, it could be about just just about anything. Meaning of life. Go ahead. Send me the question. If I don't have an answer, then I'll bring somebody on the Small Business Buzz who does. And we'll just see what unfolds from this new format. I think it'll be fun. And I think it'll be of value to you, too. So, send me your questions at Kimberly at thesmallbusinessbuzz.com. And, of course, I'll have a link on the show notes, too. And I'm looking forward to seeing what curveballs you throw me. And then, of course, we're going to continue to have the interviews because, really, that's just my favorite part. I love doing those interviews, and I think you guys all like hearing them, too. So that's the new format. Okay. Well, right after this break, we'll get started. We'll have our interview with Eric Olson. Life of an entrepreneur is a never-ending struggle to sharpen that competitive edge that will place your business ahead of the competition. Fortunately, the shape of the average workplace has changed. Finding that fine balance struck between cost efficiency and excellence is now easier than ever. We need help when we need help, but we don't need to be burdened with full-time staff. That's where Astute Business Concierge can help you. Astute Business Concierge. More than just smart, astute. Visit us on the web at astutebusinessconcierge.com to see how we could help you. Okay, today I have Eric Olson here. He is the founder of Pedal Pub here in Minneapolis. It's so great to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. I should also mention that he teaches business classes at Normandale College. Yep, I've been teaching down there for about 10 years now. So great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So thank you for coming today. I guess we met just a handful of weeks ago, and you were visiting with me about how you've grown Pedal Pub and what you've done with the business. And it's just 
it's so interesting to me, the choices that you've made. So I'd love to have a conversation about that. Sure. Yeah, it all started um, back in, actually it was in February of 2006. I got an email uh, that was sent out to, I'm a, I'm a home brewer, that's one of my you know, fun things, fun hobbies to do. And um, it was sent out to all of us through a Yahoo group. And it was, a, it was a, an email from one of our fellow home brewers that was in Belgium and saw a picture, saw this in Belgium, took a picture, embedded it in the email and put uh, club vehicle, question mark, on the subject line. And that's how I, I first found out about it. And so you are the U.S. distributor for the bicycles. Is it called a bicycle? I mean, it seems like it's more than a bicycle, right? It's Yeah, it's kind of hard to figure out what it is exactly, but we do call them, we call them bikes here. Party bikes is kind of the generic term for it. Um, so I saw this this picture, and I thought, dang, that's one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. And I, I zoomed in, and I found the word Fiskefe, and I did a Google search, and I found that uh, the manufacturers were actually in Amsterdam, and I sent them an email. I said, hey, you guys can maybe give us directions how to make one of these, because, you know, the beer club folks, maybe we'd like to make one. And they wrote back, nope. Well, we're not going to do that. It's like, well, okay. Um, I'm well. sure that they spent like one or two days figuring it out. <laughs> they weren't wanting to send you a blueprint. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I said, well, how much would it cost if we were to buy one? And they said, well, we've never sent one to the United States before. It would be about 40000 U.S. And I'm going, wow, that's a hell of a lot. And my buddies in the beer club aren't going to kick out that much cash for something to goof around on. But I figured, well... He's obviously making money doing it there in Amsterdam. So I started putting together some numbers, um, getting some ideas together. And a couple months later, I got a hold of uh, Al Boyce, who's my partner now. And I remember meeting him at the Arby's down on 494 and 78th Street. And I had this uh, accordion folder, right, of stuff that I had accumulated. And I said, do you remember that email that you sent out to everybody? Because he was the, the moderator of the Yahoo group that sent out the email. And he said, yeah. It's like, well, I've been working on that. And what do you think? And he said, you know, after looking at all this and having lunch with him, he said, yeah, let's check it out. So we flew to Amsterdam in um, July of 2006, and we met the manufacturers. And they're in a small town just east of Amsterdam, and just a couple blue-collar guys. They're brothers, actually, Zvir and Hank Van Laar. Uh, Zvir is a truck driver. Hank is a welder. Their dad was a welder. Like I say, just blue-collar blue guys. And it was an interesting story how they developed the bike. Um, they were drinking, uh, no surprise there, at a bar in, in Amsterdam, and they drew it up on a bar napkin, and the owner of the bar saw what they were drawing. and looked over their shoulder and said, well, what the heck is that? It's like, well, it's this big, silly bike that we got this idea to make. Bar owner says, well, if you have that ready for me for the Queen's Day Parade, which evidently is a huge thing there, um, then I'll pay for the parts. And so that's how the first one was made. And it had no insurance, had no brakes, but that's you can do that kind of thing in Amsterdam. You can't do that here. <laughs> right. Uh, but while we were there, they asked us if we would be their uh, U.S. distributor, and we said, "Well, yeah, that's kind of why we're here." Um, so it took a while to to get that contract written up. Our, our laws are are very similar, but not not exactly the same. Um, so we got the contract written up, had the first one delivered here in March of 2007, and been going. It's been going great ever since. Now we've sold 96 bikes across the United States in 34 different markets. Um, we operate retail operations here in the Twin Cities, also in Rochester, Minnesota, and in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
I know that in the Twin Cities, the Pedal Pub, you know, going up and down Nicollet Avenue, or I should say Nicollet Mall, and all around, it's just, it's like such a spring and summer, and even fall, great tradition. Yeah, people have yeah. A, a lot of fun on it. Um, yeah. I, I'm surprised still by how much repeat business we get. Uh, it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, that's fantastic. But Oh, I believe but it. Three, I totally you know, believe people it. People tell me, like, I remember a guy told me last summer, late last summer, said, I rode your bike five times last summer. I said, really? That's fantastic. But, you know, he, he rode it for a buddy's bachelor party, and then he decided to put together uh, a group from his neighborhood, and then he ended up, you know, getting kind of asked to, to ride along at a, a friend of a friend's birthday party and a couple other times that he rode it, and I'm going, that's... That's but great. it's perfect for events like that. We yeah. have, um, my parents are each one of eight, so I have an enormous family. Um, on my dad's side of the family, they get together every um, Labor Day, and they switch cities who host. And so it's only a matter of time before it's our turn again. And the Pedal Pub is the perfect thing for our family. And believe it or not, we have more people than will fit on a Pedal Pub. That come, but that's okay because <laughs> I'll rent you two bikes. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I love family reunions, and in fact, I, I I still do occasionally. I do tours myself, and I did one last year, and it was a it was a family reunion type thing. Because one of the problems that you've got when you've got people in their twenties, they don't usually like to hang out with people in their fifties. Because you know, I'm fifty two years old now, and when it gets to be ten thirty, it's like I'm getting ready to go to bed. But I remember when I was in my twenties, that's about the time I'm getting ready to go out. Mm-hmm. So. It's just really cool to see, you know, the, the family reunion. Everybody gets on on board, and you know, Aunt Linda maybe gets a little too drunk, and the kids take care of her, and it's just a riot. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, and it's contained, mm-hmm. which is great. When we were visiting, I had asked you, like, why didn't you franchise it? Why did you Why did you structure it as far as the the sales to people in other cities the way that you did? Would you? Yeah. I don't know that we can recreate that conversation for for our listeners, but well, we we looked at franchising first. There's there's a lot of legal documentation that you have to go through in order to franchise, and there's only a certain number of, of benefits to franchising, and a lot of those you don't get with what it is that we're selling. If you've got, let's say, a, a pizza chain, right now you've got the group buying, you can get your pepperoni slices less expensive, things like that. Well, that doesn't occur with us. We've got a, a single great big bike. Mm-hmm. Um, we also didn't want to get into other people's accounting because in this type of business, if you're franchising, it'd usually be 8 to 10% of gross income. We'd have to be looking at their, their income all the time. Um, we'd have to you know, send people out to make sure that they had enough air in the tires and are filing their waivers properly, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, for liability issues. Right. Um, and, and also, we didn't want a family brand. We wanted to individually brand because... Actually, it's our first licensee in Houston, Texas, said, actually, we don't want to use the Pedal Pub name. I said, well, why not? Well, because down here, there's a lot of large churches, part of our target market, right? And a lot of those large churches don't really like um, people to be drinking. So they call it Pedal Party down in Houston. But I thought of another thing. And do they still serve beer on the Pedal Party in Houston? Yeah, people can can bring beer on board down in Houston, yes. But Um, not everybody does. No. Okay. Um, and another reason is, let's say you're all over the country and you got the same name. 
And in Seattle, something really terrible happens. A car crashes into it. Eight people are in the hospital. One person dies, something like that. And that'll make national news. Yes. Um, and now, Pedal Pub's name is out there, and that can affect sales in, you know, St. Petersburg, Florida, even though it happened in Seattle, or it could, you know, affect something in Pittsburgh. So that was another reason that we, we wanted to do, you know, individual branding, because each market's going to be a little bit different. And that's also one of the fun things about running your business. You name it. Call it what you want to call it. Yeah, that's true. So what what structure did you set up? Um, well, we set up a structure where that it's almost like franchising light, but we still offer, um, we offer territorial protection. We won't sell into a particular market. If you, if you buy a bike in a particular market, we won't sell the same thing there. You don't want to be competing with exactly the same thing. Uh, we provide a business manual, which we actually wrote up with a, a franchise company I mean, it's a full, you know, three-inch thick business manual on how to do everything. We offer some training so people can come here and get trained in, do some ride-alongs, things like that. Um, we offer ongoing support if they're having problems. Um, let's say somebody is trying to, you know, use their trademark. We might help them with that. Uh, in California right now, uh, they're trying to pass a, a law that's going to affect our San Diego licensee. So we've been helping her out a bunch. So we get some some ongoing support, but it's not continuous, and we're not calling and bugging them that type of thing. Right. Well, because they're not they're not directly a branch of of you. Right. But you provide them what they need to succeed. And we also have an annual licensee conference. We got together in Nashville in January, and um, share information. And it's a fantastic time. These are really great people. I'm so lucky. I've, I've met some of the nicest really hardworking, really intelligent people because I happened to see an email back in February 2006 and it turned out to work out really well. I would think in um, a lot of the southern states that it could be a year-round business as opposed to here, there's there's definitely a season. Yes, and, uh, and it is. Uh, San Diego, Houston, St. Petersburg. The thing is, in some of those markets, it gets way too hot. Um, so they really, you know, got more or less shut down for a couple of months out of the year. So it is seasonal. It's just yeah. opposite our right. season. And one of the nice things about here is our season's compacted. And, and Minnesotans, once it gets nice, we want to get outside. Oh, that's true. Right? Minnesotans are great at savoring the time that we have when it's green outside. Absolutely. Down in Florida, for instance, hey, they get, it's nice all the time. So they don't really plan ahead too much. And it's a, it's a different way. Different, these different target markets act differently. The people down in Florida are more kind of laid back. Hey, I'll get around to it when I get around to it here. Hey, we know. It's like, look, on May 15th, want to get everybody together. We plan ahead because we want to get outside. It's so miserable in the winter. This winter hasn't been that bad, but it's tough in the winter here. Yeah. That's so does your calendar, does the Pedal Pub calendar fill up super fast? Here? It fills up pretty quick. Seventy uh, percent of our business is on Friday nights and Saturdays. Um, and if you want a, fr a specific Friday night or Saturday, you should probably book a month in advance just to make sure, or even further. I, we've got some tours booked into August and September already. But that's for events. Somebody's getting married. They, they want to have a, a get-together for their groom's dinner on the bike instead of sitting at a long table where you only get a chance to talk to the people right next to you and the person directly across from you. And you don't get to mix it up and talk. Um, so we do book out, you know, some specific dates well in advance. But generally speaking, 
you should make sure you, you know, get a hold of us about a month in advance. Have you, or any of your licensees, have you guys had any pushback from cities that you've wanted to, you know, new markets you've wanted to go into? Yes, it varies so much from city to city. It's unbelievable. There are some markets like St. Petersburg, Florida, for instance. They said, well, before you can even start your business, we have to write up this detailed ordinance and micromanage your business before you hit the streets. Um, then there's cities like Chicago, where it we tried for three years to work with the licensing people in the city of Chicago, but they kept on giving us the runaround. Um, they said that we were a uh, tour sightseeing business, which we really aren't, but okay. So we had to get that type of a license instead of what they call a limited business license in the city of Chicago, which covers about 80% of businesses, right? So we said, okay, fine, we'll apply for that. And they said, well, you have to be, according to Chicago city code, you have to be a private passenger vehicle. And again, according to Chicago city code, a private passenger vehicle must be motorized. You are not motorized, catch 22, you can't get a license. And they would not budge on that. Wow. Yeah. And so much for, you know, Chicago wanted to be bike friendly in a green city. And we were about as green as it gets for touring around town vehicles. Yeah. And then there's other cities like Minneapolis. And when we came, when we started here, the very first place we started, we, well, actually we were right across the street from your offices here. Yeah. Made sure we talked to everybody, talked to licensing, talked to traffic, talked to the police. And what they said is, there's no license for this business. Follow the laws and go ahead and do your business. And that's the way it should be. That is the that's way free be. enterprise. That's what that's all it's all about. You shouldn't have to have a some bureaucrat someplace wave a magic wand and, and shine their countenance upon you to do business in their fair city this day. That's not free enterprise. Right. As long as what you're doing is safe mm-hmm. which the way you're doing it is safe. So And, and it was about yeah. uh, five years later they said, Well, you're getting kind of big we're going to, you know, do some, do some licensing, some regulation of you. And we said, fine. And they asked, okay, what is your policies and procedures? We gave them to them and they adopted like 85% of that. There's a few things in there that, that, uh, you know, we don't necessarily care for that much, but I'm telling you, the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, generally speaking, have been really good to work with. Um, other very accepting cities where, Businesses, this type of business has started really well. The Nashville, Des Moines, Indianapolis, and then there's cities like um, St. Pete or San Diego or Chicago where it's been very difficult. And then there's the city of New Orleans where you'd think Pedal Pub would be great in New Orleans. Oh, right? I think it would be ideal in New Orleans. If you but I guess through, New Orleans doesn't think it would be ideal in New Orleans. If you can get through the bureaucracy there, it's absolutely insane. I actually went down there several years ago now, tried to... I, they wouldn't even give me the form to apply for a license to possibly be a driver for a vehicle of this sort. They wouldn't even give me the form, and there's no place to find it online. Um, somebody eventually is going to probably be able to open up down there. I don't, They're probably going to have to know somebody. Somebody who has the right connections. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the way it should be. Right. So the the... Bikes that you sell in the U.S., are they made over in Amsterdam or are they made here? They're made in Amsterdam. They're shipped over here. We can put uh, up to two bikes in a container. And, uh, yeah, the, the guys do a fantastic job. I mean, they're, they're really craftsmen. They're, they're good at what they do. Um, when the bikes arrive, 
Just take them out of the container uh, with a forklift, slap the tires on, and they're ready to roll. Is there very much maintenance that has to happen? Not a whole heck of a lot, no. Just got to make sure you, it, uh, you keep them greased up and keep them clean. But these things, well, actually the very first one that they made 18 years ago, it's still on the road. Every bike that we've got here, we got some used bikes when we first started out, when there was used bikes available. There's some that are 10, 12 years old. They're still on the road. I don't really know what the expected life is going to be of these. I mean, you should never think more than 10 years, I think, on this type of capital equipment. But, yeah, everything's still on the road. If you maintain it, it's just going to keep working. It's a conglomeration of good bike parts and car parts and good welding and good wood. And they last a long time. And they look nice. Yeah, they're yeah. beautiful. Do you think that there's a lot of other markets that you still can tap into? Or or do you feel like you're kind of hitting the cap as far as the U.S. is concerned? There are a lot of other markets, I believe. And we're in 34 markets right now. Um, you need a population size, we've estimated, of right around 150,000 minimum. Um for instance, Rochester, Minnesota. We're operating a bike down there. And uh, there's a lot of places where people don't have a whole heck of a lot to do, especially uh, northern climates where people don't come to vacation, right, um, that people absolutely love it. Sioux Falls uh, just ordered a second bike. They just started last year. Uh, Indianapolis started a couple of years ago, and I think they're up to five or six bikes. There are certain places where it just really takes off. I remember talking to the guy in Indianapolis, and I'm going, look, socioculturally, you're pretty much the same as Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. It's going to go nuts for you. And it did. Oh, I would think in Austin. I think of Austin as being very, very, very similar to Minneapolis and very culturally similar as well. I would think that it would be just insane there. You you got it. That was our third licensee was Austin, Texas, and they're doing fantastic down Oh, there. I'm so glad. Yeah, we had a, an annual convention down there. and. It's a nice city. It is a nice city. I go city. back. Absolutely. If you ever go back, I'll tell you this place to go for the most amazing potatoes. Amazing potatoes? Is there yes. such a thing? <laughs> In this case, yes. <laughs> so are you actively targeting cities that would be good to go into, or are you just... Are, do people find out about you organically, or, or how does that... How are you expanding? Well, as far as the, the leads that we get, we get people emailing us every day just about from different markets, and we send them out a nice package of information on how the business would start up and all the basics that they need to know. Um, so far, we haven't targeted any specific cities because we aren't going to open there, and it really requires feet on the ground in that market to make sure that you get through whatever licensing you have to get through and making sure you're running the business to start with. And we've been burned. Um, you know, the city of Chicago, we spent a heck of a lot of money trying to open up there. That didn't work out. You need those feet on the ground. And right now we're getting plenty of leads through referrals. We were on, you know, we've been on TV a few times and we get a bunch of, of leads from that as well. And uh, I'm hoping that we're going to grow more. Um, I'm thinking more in the, in the Southwest. Mm -hmm. I think it would be pretty good. One of the problems with if you go east, go to Boston, let's say, or New York, well, the traffic's insane. Right. And the roads are not wide enough. I don't know how much expansion into, you know, the east coast, those markets that 
there really can be because there's just not enough room. Right. I could see um, maybe in New York, like one, not one bike, but like one company doing something like Pedal Pub around Central Park, but then that's so heavily regulated, I don't even know that they would let you in. Right. Regulated and populated. Would it be useful for you to have an introduction to a business broker who's in the South? Um, we don't have a very big margin on selling the bikes, to be honest with you. You know, we thought about business brokers, but we know how much they ask, and we don't want to charge too much for the bikes either so people can't get started. Uh, the bike itself and shipping and, you know, the training and the business manual and so forth, all that stuff right now, it depends on where you ship. It depends on um, the exchange rate with the euro. But it's right around 34000 right now to get a bike shipped, the business manual, training, territorial protection, all that stuff. Um, that's a nice that's a nice price for an entry into the market. Yeah. Well, and, and, the, and the euro has dropped so much. It's, it's like $6,000 less now to buy a bike than it was just a couple of years ago. And it's an, so it's an easy business to, to start financially. When me and Al started, we put in $27,000 each. So we got the bike, and then the rest of the rest of the money pays for your insurance, um, marketing expenses, things like that. It's nice to that the people who get the bike from you can learn from your experience as far as startup and marketing is concerned, because that's that's often such a difficult thing for new businesses. Yeah, we're trying to get off the ground. And when we started, we had nothing to go off. You know, if you start a pizza place. You've got a hundred years of data you can go benchmark against. How much did your 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 sausage cost compared to the cost of your pizza? Everything, right? How big should the market be? We didn't know. We're taking numbers out of the sky, putting them down, low, medium, high, making some guesses. But now we've got nine years of experience doing this, um, so we know what works and what doesn't. Advertising, for instance, doesn't work. It is not worth it for us. There are certain ways to promote the bike. Oh, and advertising just is rolling one way. down the road is advertising. That's, and that's it. We call it billboarding the bike. Al and I did that. We'd get together. We'd meet every Monday night. We'd put the bike up on the trailer, and we'd just go to a, a local, you know, large local restaurant, and um, we would just show it off. And that's the, the best advertising for the bike is simply putting it on a street corner, sitting there, handing out flyers. Well, to, or even just people see people having fun pedaling down the street. Yeah. Oh, I want to do that. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, bringing the bike to places like um, Dred Scott Field down in Bloomington where they got all the softball fields there, bring it in there. Because our target market is people who get together with other people on a regular basis at a regular time, right? So softball teams, kickball teams, um, people like that. People want to be outside and go do something fun together. Yeah, I even think it's a, a fun office party sort of thing to do in the summer. It, yeah, it definitely is. Um, Provided you like the people in your office, which I do. So, <laughs> Well, and it's a way to introduce people to, we've done some tours where there's, let's say, six people from Minneapolis, but they got a bunch of people from out of town. We all work for the same company, but they don't really know each other. And a lot of times those, those tours start off pretty quiet. Don't really know each other, and by the end they're all buddies. They're mixing it up. They're sitting in different locations, and um, it's amazing the camaraderie that you see occur with these bikes. Yeah, because people are are having a shared experience. And I I especially like tours during thunderstorms. 
And those are amazing because everybody's, you know, hey, you look like a drawn rat. You look like a drawn rat. Let's go do a shot, right? That's a blast. Everybody, you're having to put up with the same thing at the same time. And that, that camaraderie is awesome. And uh, plus, you know, lightning's flashing and you get kind of amped up from that. And it's torrential rain, but you're covered mostly. You're going to mm-hmm. get a little wet for sure. Yeah, on your back. Yeah. But uh, you're mostly covered. And, you know, cruising down the street during a thunderstorm is just a blast. Well, thunderstorms during the summer, it's actually kind of nice that it's cooler. Yeah, it's been 95 throughout the day. Yeah. And now here it is. Okay, it's finally cooling off. Nice. Yeah. And then people say, well, aren't you worried about lightning striking? It's like, look. We're on rubber wheels. We're we're on rubber (laughs) wheels and... And the the trees are 50 feet tall and buildings are taller than that all around you. And if you get struck by lightning, the Lord wanted you that day. You know? (laughs) So that's, sorry, your ticket punched. You're done. (laughs) Well, if people would like to get in touch with you about Pedal Pub, um, how can they reach you? Well, best thing to do is to go to our main website, which is pedalpub.com, P-E-D-A-L-P-U-B.com. And if they're interested in getting information about the business itself, um, then you can you can write to us from there. And if they're interested in renting, all of our licensees are all listed there. So anywhere in the country that there's a bike, you can click on that, and then you'll go to that licensee's website, and um, you can arrange for a rental. Great. Yeah. And I'll put a link on our show notes as well. Cool. That would be nice. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a cool conversation. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. next time for the small business buzz when I answer a small business owner's burning question and it might even be your question if you email me at Kimberly at the small we'll also visit with Mayor Ezra multimillionaire entrepreneur and founder of guaranteed prosperity and he'll give us some top echelon advice that you won't want to miss You can also find links and other useful information on our show notes at thesmallbusinessbuzz.com and be sure to follow us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're liking what you're hearing, please give us a good rating and maybe even leave a review. Of course, a lawyer would have a disclaimer and here is mine. Any information provided on the show is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal advice. The show theme music is Pioneers by Jason Shaw, released under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.